Well, Leonard was a garbage collector who was respected and liked by the people along his route. The residents wrote the mayor appraising Leonard for his friendship and courteous service. They said that he was a good Christian, an honest worker, and a friend. They remembered how Leonard helped buy flowers when someone died in the neighborhood, how he found an expensive watch and made sure he got back to the right owner. As a result, the mayor praised and featured Leonard in one of its monthly publications. And of a story, let that, let's that put it aside. In today's gospel, the Pharisees and the Levites were asking John the Baptist about his identity and work. He simply said, I am the voice of one crying out in the desert, make straight the way of the Lord, end of quote. So that was his job, to announce Christ, to point to Christ, and to tell the world that Christ was the promised one. John the Baptist gave his very best to accomplish his mission. What does this have to do with you and me during this Advent season? Well, it's simply this. Every one of us has a job in the kingdom of God. You have a job in the kingdom of God. And every one of us has something important to do to improve the human condition. Your job, my job is important, no matter how humble the task may be. After all, we can't all be bosses. There has to be some hands-on work to be done by the worker. Now we hear people say, well, I'm just a housewife. I'm just a telephone operator. I'm just a waitress. Well, try to picture life without these people performing their essential tasks. So every job is important, not only for our fellow human beings, but it is important in the eyes of God. Your job is important in the eyes of God. So as we all prepare for the coming of Jesus during this Advent season, remember how the child grew up to become a carpenter? Do you think Jesus felt unfulfilled to work with a with hammer and a saw? No. Jesus gladly performed the task assigned to him either sewing a beam of wood or dying on a beam of wood on Calvary to save mankind, you and I, from sin. Like John the Baptist, like Leonard, and like Jesus himself, we are called to give our very best. However, every time we come together to celebrate Mass, we celebrate the fact that Jesus carried out the plan of the Father, just as we are hoping to carry out the plan of God in our lives. Why? Because we are part of God's plan. You are part of God's plan. 
And this essential work is sustained by endless prayers in the body of Christ, where we are called to watch and pray. And many do pray, like many groups of nuns who adore and praise God 24 hours a day, like the Sisters of Perpetual Adoration who keep watch before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament day in and day out, like wonderful priests around the world who offer the sacrifice of the Mass day in and day out. You know, in America today, there are about 37,000 priests. Now, if only two out of three of them offered Mass every day, that would be equivalent to 1,000 priests celebrating Mass every hour. Every hour, Mass is being celebrated. That's phenomenal. So we know that every moment of the day, right here in our country, a priest is repeating the words of Jesus. This is my body. This is my blood offering Christ to the Father. You know, when I tell non-Catholics that, they could not believe it. So how consoling it is to know how extensive our prayer chain is in our Catholic Church. Therefore, we can say that someone in this congregation is graced with God's special favor. Why? Well, let me tell you a quick story to explain that. It's about a monastery in Europe that had fallen on hard times. And the abbot, you know, the head of the monastery, was worried. Why? Because the monks were unhappy. They were not talking to each other. And the villagers stopped coming for spiritual comfort and direction. However, in the woods around the monastery, there lived a humble rabbi who lived in a small hut and was known for his holiness. So one day the abbot saw the rabbi walking in the woods, and so he ran towards the, the, the rabbi. And as they approached each other, they both, they both wept because they knew the dire and sad situation going on in the monastery. So respectfully, the abbot asked the, the rabbi for some advice how to revive the spirituality of the monks. The rabbi gently looked at the abbot and said, one among you in the monastery with a humble and loving heart has captured the attention of the Messiah. Wow, has captured the attention of the Messiah. Then the holy rabbi walked away and the abbot returned to the monastery. But some of the monks saw them talking to one another. So the monk said to the abbot, what did the rabbi say? And the abbot replied, he said that one of us with a humble and loving heart has captured the attention of the Messiah. 
So as a result, since then, the, mon the monks began talking to each other with great respect, wondering, who could this humble monk be? Is it Brother John? Is it Father Joseph? Or even is it the abbot? So as they contemplated this situa the situations, things began to change in the monastery. They became more respectful, prayerful, joyful, and hopeful. Soon, new and younger monks joined the monastery, and the villagers began to seek the monks for spiritual advice. End of story. So as I said earlier, there is, some, there is someone in this congregation who is special in God's eyes and has captured his attention. Why? Because when you receive the Eucharist, the Son of God himself, you have the potential to imitate the ability and the loving heart of Jesus and therefore capture his attention. When this happens, then you will have a sense of spiritual awakening to sacrifice your life like John the Baptist, to point to Jesus in your family, in your workplace, in the marketplace, wherever you are, to point to Jesus as the promised one. Amen. <laughs>